Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest week of the All Sports Talk podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. As always, you can call me JR, good old JR, uh, Junior, Hot Rod. It doesn't really matter as long as you guys are listening. I am always grateful for the views and for the clicks and likes. You guys are what makes this show going, and I always appreciate that. And as always, I thank everybody for their support. Whether it's on the YouTube page, Instagram page, Facebook page, you know, I appreciate all the love and support I get from each and every single one of you. Uh, secondly, um, I know there's always there's only 24 hours in a day, but I am so happy to know that you at least give me 30 minutes of your time to listen to my topics of the day, and I really appreciate that. So as I mentioned last week, uh, we're getting ready for... NFL Fantasy Football here coming up pretty soon, so please check out all the social media pages. If you would love to join the league, uh, just hit me up, and we're going to get some things rocking and rolling here pretty soon, and hopefully it's a good fantasy football league for the first season of the All Sports Talk podcast, so hopefully everybody uh, tunes in, and hopefully we get a good uh, amount of participation <laughs> in this award, so here we go. Let's get this new week started with some NBA playoffs. So they're kind of kind of dwindling down, you know. First round's over, second round's just starting, you know. It's it's going to be shorter and shorter that these games are going to be um you know, the season's about to end for both the NBA and the NHL, but still exciting to watch, very exciting to watch still. So in the NBA, we had the Hawks taking on the 76ers for Game 1. The Hawks got the better of the 76ers, 128-124. Trey Young still uh, proving his worth and still kind of becoming of a somewhat, people would say, a superstar in this league. That he's coming into his own. 35 points, 10 assists, 2 rebounds. Uh, that's a pretty good night, especially for the road team. And then Joel Embiid. Looks like he's going to be okay. It looks like uh, there's no limitations in his game after that scare of the knee, but it looks like it's looking good. 39 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, so that's pretty good. That's a pretty good day, and uh, yeah, it's just the Hawks got the better of the 76ers. Um, Joel Embiid is pretty much going to be the reason why you know they go to the NBA Finals. If they have a shot at the NBA Finals. And Ben Simmons is going to be the reason. If Joel Embiid misses a game. That they're going to be the reason. Why they miss the NBA Finals. So. um, I'm going to just say it now. It wouldn't surprise me. If uh, Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons does leave. They do leave the 76ers. One of them has to go. Because personally. Preferably, if the 76ers had a choice, I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons would be the first one to go. So, we'll see how this uh, this uh, series transpires. But it looks looks pretty good. Uh, the Hawks had a very early lead. I'm talking very early lead at one point. And the 76ers were just coming back. But it just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough. Trey Young and the Hawks, they just got the better of them. Let's see what happens game two. And hopefully this is just a sign of things to come that this is how close 
the matchups are going to be for the rest of the rounds. Also yesterday, Game 7 of the Round 1 of the Western Conference. We had the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. And finally, finally, a home team won the series, won a game in this series. The Clippers ended up beating the Mavs 126-111. Luka Doncic gave the Clippers all they had. 46 points, 14 assists, and 7 rebounds. That dude is a superstar. That dude is the truth. That dude is just going to be the Dallas Mavericks superstar for the next foreseeable future. Now they just got to build around him. Christoph Porzingis is good, but they still need some more weapons around him. They really do. They should really start thinking about trying to build around Luka Doncic. They, they just should. And for the Clippers, Clutch. I mean, that's the Kawhi Leonard, I guess, that we all kind of remember. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. I mean, this was just an overall good performance by the Clippers at home. Finally, a home team wins this. So they knock out the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks season's over, but they look like a very inspiring team that if they can just keep building around Luka, they're going to have a very, they should have a great, great off season and for the Clippers they move on they will take on the Utah Jazz game one that is their next opponent and we'll see how they do they can't screw around like they did with Dallas because Utah's a different animal so we'll see overall these exciting these playoffs are about to get more exciting as the teams start dwindling down and then we start getting ready for the NBA finals here coming up in just about a month game one or I'm sorry, tonight, game two of the Eastern Conference, we have the Bucks taking on the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets have a one game, one game to nothing series over the Milwaukee Bucks. James Harden, however, is out tonight. Steve Nash has already made that clear that he is out dealing with the hamstring issue. I don't think it's going to be a, a big deal, but it just... Not to say that the chances, you know, do dwindle down for the Nets winning... It's just the chances of them winning are higher when all three are on the court and playing. It's just now with James Harden now, it kind of feels that, hey, you know, maybe Milwaukee kind of gets a second chance at uh, trying to take one away at the Barkley Center. So we'll see. We'll see. That should be an exciting matchup as well. And then we have game one tonight, Western Conference. We have the Denver Nuggets taking on the Phoenix Suns. The Nuggets handling, you know, their business last round. And then the Suns taking care of the defending champ, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, last round. So now today's game one between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. I can't wait to see how these two teams really um, really play against each other now that it's in a playoff environment. Uh, they looked good against each other in the regular season. Now let's see how they look like in the playoffs. And it's so cool because they're not really that far from each other. They're only an hour flight. So travel's not going to be an issue. This is going to be an exciting matchup. I can't wait to see what happens here. Nuggets, Suns, game one tonight. Let's move into some NHL playoffs. So the Jets and the Canadians played yesterday. And to say that it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Underwhelming is an understatement. It was a disaster. For the Winnipeg Jets. As they got dis destroyed. 
by the Montreal Canadiens. Five games to one. Five games to one. And now the Canadiens lead a three to nothing series. The Jets had everything to lose last night. Everything. I mentioned on Friday that for the Jets, for the Winnipeg Jets, it was win out from here. They had to. After losing the first two at home to Montreal, it was just... You had, they had to play like every game was an elimination game. And yesterday, they looked like they got eliminated. The Canadians lead 3-0. Three, three games to zero. Uh, tonight, they actually have to play tonight because of the little uh, delay. So they got to play game four tonight. And this is do or die for the Jets. And for the Canadians, as I mentioned, um, you know, they do have a little soft spot for me because this is a little personal thing for me. Corey Perry, former Duck, uh, you know, one of the better Ducks players in the history of the Anaheim Ducks. Kind of a little bit of soft spot, soft spot for Montreal for me right now, but uh, the Jets have to do everything in their power. They cannot come out sluggish like they did last night, and if they do, I mean, just just wrap it up. I It feels like a wrap whether the Jets win tonight because it just seems like Montreal just outskated them, outperformed them, and... It's just it's not looking good for the Jets. Whatever you want to call it, it's just not looking good. Uh, Winnipeg is one game away from punching their, or I'm sorry, Montreal is one game away from punching their ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll see how that goes. We also had the Avalanche taking on the Golden Knights. Uh, so the Aval- the Golden Knights they don't get mad, they get even after being destroyed in Game One, seven to one. They have now tied up this series two games apiece after beating the Avalanche last night 5-1 with a beautiful second career playoff hat trick by Jonathan Marchessault. I mean, that's the second one in this series. I mean, he's just, that's all he does. That's all he knows how to do is just score those goals. And Marc-Andre Fleury, another fantastic game. 18 goals, 18 shot against, uh, 17 saves, one goal against. Uh, again, Flurry just uh, having another dominant performance again. Really didn't have to do that much. Uh, the Avalanche just, uh, it, it's, this is how the series is going to be. I mean, if, if you took anything away from the regular season when the Avalanche and the Golden Knights played eight times and they split the series four to four, it just goes to show you that this is the type of game, this is the type of series it's going to be. Back and forth, who has the better hand, who has the better matchups, who's going to, who's more dominant, who's outskating who. This has the feel of a game seven in the making. It really does. It really does. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, later on tonight. Or we'll see what happens here in a couple days when they have to go back to Colorado. So it's just if it feels like it's going to be a seven game series between the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. So I'm excited for that one. Good game yesterday for the Canadians and the Golden Knights. The for the Jets and Avalanche is just for the Jets. It's do or die. You just got to everything you know. Just you got to play because it, it is elimination time. You just got to play your heart out. And for the Avalanche, just reset. Just reset. You're back at home. Take the crowd advantage and just try to regroup from what you did the first two games up in Colorado. Two games tonight in the NHL playoffs. As I already mentioned, the Canadians take on the Jets. Uh, so if the Canadians win today, they punched their ticket to 
the Easter Conference Final as they wait for the winner of this matchup, the Islanders and Bruins, as they have a 2-2 two two split right now. Game 5 is tonight in TD uh, Bank Arena in Boston. The Islanders take on the Bruins. Again, uh, the Bruins should win the East. I mean, they just look that good. They are the favorites to come out of the East. It's just the Islanders are a team that just say they don't die. They just seem to always find a way to resurrect themselves. On the brink of destruction, on the brink of defeat, they always seem to know how to find a way to just come back to life. And what can I say? It's going to be a good series. It's going to be a good series. So we'll see. So we'll see how this goes for the rest of the NHL playoffs. This should be exciting games tonight. And lastly, for NHL news, the Canadian government has officially opened its borders for the NHL. So what does that mean? Well, it had to come down to this. Either open the borders or... The Canadian teams had to eliminate themselves. I mean, I, I can't see how that would have helped or how that would have worked. But the Canadian government has opened its borders for the NHL for whoever wins between the Islanders and Bruins to kind of come out and play, you know, to kind of just play them, see how it goes from here. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting now that Canada's finally going to allow fans little by little you know, teams in America are finally going to come across. Uh, just the teams, though, I don't think they're going to allow fans. I don't think, uh, I, unless you're like, you know, a Canadian resident. But I don't know how that's going to work. But overall, it's good. It's good that Canada's kind of like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll do this. Because it seemed like the NHL playoffs were kind of a little bit of in jeopardy. But it is good. It is good to hear that they did this now. So, kudos to them. And... Hopefully, the rest of the NHL playoffs is exciting. Now, let's go to the topic of the week. Well, two topics of the week that took over Sunday. The first one was the Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight. So, the winner, well, it was kind of weird because there was no winner. Remember, Friday mentioned the rules, no winner. No judges, blah, blah, blah. But they did have unofficial judges there. And according to scorecards and everywhere around that arena that were judging the fight, it seemed like Floyd Mayweather won by unanimous decision, taking it 78 to 74. Uh, so I know there was no winner. Rule said that there was no winners, no losers. Let me tell you the winners. There were winners. Let me tell you the winners of this fight. It was Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Did you see how much flex they said? When Floyd came out and said, yeah, I was wearing those shorts because the, you know, the brand and the logos and the sponsors were going to pay me $30 million if I made, if I wore those shorts. And then on Saturday, he said, yeah, I already made $33 million in endorsement deals. So he made $60 million just on fucking endorsements. That's, that's money right there. Logan Paul made 18 million overall for his for his shindig. Those were the real winners was Floyd and Paul. And did you see that Logan Paul had a holographic Charizard card worth a million dollars? That's flexing. That's when you know you got money. When you're flexing like that, that's when you know you got money, man. 
Those were the real winners. It was Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul getting all that money for essentially eight rounds of non-contested boxing, as I like to call it. The losers. Let me tell you the losers. And this is going to hurt some people. The losers of this fight were the idiots that paid 50 bucks for that. If you willingly busted out your debit card, busted out your credit card, and you called your cable provider or whatever the case may be, and you said, hey, I want to order this pay-per-view fight for $50. If you're one of those suckers in America that paid for that pay-per-view fight, you're the loser of this fight. You paid $50 to see that? That's what you would pay $50 for. You won't pay $50 to start in a new investment. You won't pay $50 to do this. Or you won't pay $50 to do that. Start your own podcast show. Start this. Start that. Like how I did or uh, many of other people have done in the podcast community. Because I hear it all the time. How do you start a podcast? Well, you got to invest a little money at first. But then you make it up down the road. And it's like, no, nah, I don't have that type of money. But if you're the guy that told me that and you spent $50 on the Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight, it's not that you don't have the money. You're just careless with your money. If you pay 50 bucks for that fight, you're the loser of this fight. Not Logan Paul, not Floyd Mayweather, not everybody that was involved in this fight. You were. If you paid $50, you're the reason why boxing is going down the toilet. Because you're the reason why this is considered a boxing fight. If this is the best boxing can do, then I'm sorry. It's dead. As of yesterday, as of yesterday, June 6, 2021... Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather was the final tombstone that killed boxing. That was it. Boxing is dead. My brother says that 2022, it's going to be resurrected. Well, it better come back in the biggest way because this right here, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul, this killed boxing forever. That's it. Game over. Done. Boxing's dead. Like how baseball is going to be in the next 20 years. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, we'll get to that in another time. And lastly, some NFL news. Uh, let's start with one of the bigger ones today. Tony Jefferson. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But no, in all serious, in all seriousness. Tony Jefferson, uh, he did tour his ACL in 2019 when he was a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Has been out. Uh, he was out for the whole year, last year. And was a free agent, did not sign. But this uh, just as of yesterday... Or as of today, actually, in between yesterday, last night, and today, uh, he has signed with the San Francisco 49ers on a one-year deal. So he is back, and uh, he's getting a second chance. Man, this this offseason, it feels like there's a lot of players that's been getting a lot of second chances lately. But that's good. That's good. It's good for the sport. Uh, good luck to Tony Jefferson out there in San Francisco. Hopefully, uh, he regains what he had in Baltimore, and hopefully, he gets back to full strength. Now... Let's go to the biggest news that hit the NFL wave wire yesterday. The biggest news of all. Julio Jones. He finally got his wish. He got traded. He got traded to the Tennessee Titans yesterday for a second 2022 second rounder and a 2023rd fourth rounder. And you know, a lot of people want to keep saying that, well, he's washed. He's washed. He's washed. And what are what are the Tennessee Titans really going to get 
from Julio Jones. Okay. Let me tell you what the Tennessee Titans are going to get with Julio Jones. Prior to this year, because this year, injury's going to happen. It happens, but he's still 32 years old. Still 32. It happens. Prior to this year, the Tennessee Titans are going to get a receiver with six straight years of 1,000 receiving yards. Three of which were, were, were over 1,500 yards, and one of them was for the NFL single season record. The NFL single season records in receiving yards, 1,871 yards in NFL history. They're also going to get a guy who, in three out of the six years, he had 100 plus receptions. He had one year with 99 receptions, which almost could have been another 100 reception. He had two seasons with an 80 plus reception. That's what they're getting. That's what the Tennessee Titans are getting for a second and a fourth. Pretty good value. That's a pretty good freaking trade. The one thing I hate about this, it's not the fact that people now want to come back and it's like, oh, well, I heard that. I hate when players get traded to a team and then after the fact, all of it starts coming out. All of it starts coming out. Because, again, I'm pretty sure I said some stuff. And I'll take full credit for it. I fucked up. I messed up. Maybe I didn't mention Tennessee in one of my episodes. I didn't think Tennessee was a player. I didn't think Tennessee was going to be a player for the Julio Jones. But I'm willing to admit the mistakes. I hate the analysts and I hate the media who like backtracks. Well, I heard this, but no, 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 no. You put it out there. Okay, and I'm talking to some media out there. That, oh, I heard he was going to go here. It's a guarantee. It's done. We don't know that, but you were, you were so certain. And now that we go back and we ask you what happened, oh, well, the, the, just own up to it. I, like I'm on up to it now. I don't think I had Tennessee as a player. And if I did, I don't remember them. I don't remember Tennessee. But this is what I mean. I thought, in my estimation, I thought he was going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. I really thought there was a part of me that said, I think Baltimore's the best bet here. But I guess Baltimore did talk to Atlanta before the draft. But I guess after they drafted uh, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver rookie out of Minnesota, I guess they said, no, we're good. We're done. So that was the end of that. New England and Las Vegas, I guess... Whoever put out there that New England and Las Vegas were interested are now saying that they never showed any real interest, whether it was taken on the contract or the draft picks. Look, if you're one of those people that said, I guarantee you that the Patriots or the Raiders are going to get Julio Jones, and we ask you again, what was your sources? And you say, I don't know, I, I thought it was, the, then you should lose all credibility on ever talking about sports again. All four NFC West teams, the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. I know on an occasion I said, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be interested because they just gave up a, you know, they just went on the DeAndre Hopkins suite. So it's pretty hard to have two top receivers with those type of contracts. I guess for all four of them, talked to Atlanta about the services of Julio Jones, but never made an offer. And this is my favorite. This is, these last two are the ones that like it. It makes you say, hmm, I wonder what's really going on here. 
The Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles offered Zach Ertz. Because remember, Zach Ertz and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're either going to have to restructure or they're going to have to go on a split. And for Zach Ertz, I'm pretty sure he would have accepted this. I'm sure he would have accepted this just due to the fact that would have been Atlanta. It would have been cool offensively. Defensively, we don't know about Atlanta. The Eagles offered Zach Hurts and draft picks to the Atlanta Falcons for the services of Julio Jones because they were willing to take on the contract of Julio Jones. But I guess the offer just wasn't that good for Zach Hurts and whatever draft picks. And the Titans, again, the same thing with the Eagles. The Titans were the only ones, the only team willing, one of the only teams willing to take on that contract. That's why the deal was made for him to go to Tennessee. Now, when I did this show, when I did the, my whole mod draft this year about 2021 and why I thought Atlanta should take Micah Parsons, I'm glad he did not go to Atlanta now to have his career over before it started. Because now, the two teams that made the trade yesterday, Atlanta and Tennessee, Tennessee is trying to open up, and it's not crazy to think this because they were in the AFC Championship game just a couple seasons ago. Whatever whatever Super Bowl window they do have, they want to take full advantage of it. And they believe Julio Jones is the one piece that can take them there. Now, I know what people are thinking. Well, what about the tight end situation? What about the defense situation? Look... Defenses can't be built in a day. They can't be built in an offseason. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. I think what the Tennessee Titans are figuring out is this. Listen, we lost Jonu Smith, but we got Julio Jones. We don't know who's going to play tight end, but the problem is the Colts are the only teams that kind of give Derrick Henry some fits because the Colts realize, well, you know what? I know A.J. Brown's out there, but we could double him up with the safety and a corner. So we're fine there. We just got to load up the box for Derrick Henry. I think what Atlanta's thinking is, look, we're not going to have a defense to compete with the Colts defensively. So let's counter their great defense to try to counter with a good offense, great offense. That's number one. For the Tennessee Titans, they're trying to do everything they can to have that Super Bowl window open. That's one. Number two, Atlanta fans. I hate to tell you this. Welcome to the first part of Rebuild. This year is going to be Julio Jones. We don't know about Matt Ryan next year. Calvin Ridley is pretty much your only viable offensive weapon. Yeah, you guys got some good tight ends in Hayden Hurst. You know, your offensive line has a first rounder in every single, you know, position other than the center now. So really what it comes down to is... Did Atlanta and the new general manager and new head coaches give the fans its first warning that we are heading into the first steps of rebuild? So we'll see. We'll see. It feels like it feels that way for the Atlanta Falcons. It really does feel that, hey, the Falcons are entering first stage. Get rid of the major contracts and start rebuilding again. It's time for Atlanta for another rebuild. And I I know it sucks because it's just a few seasons ago they were in the Super Bowl. And now they are looking like it's rebuild time in Atlanta. So we'll see how it goes. And 
For me personally, the only thing I can say is as of right now, as of today, the Tennessee Titans won the trade. They won the trade. For me, in order to really extend it to call it even like they had got the better of the trade, they at least need the Tennessee Titans need to at least make it to the divisional round or the conference championship of the AFC. They really do. That's the that's it. Because if they miss the playoffs or they lose in the wild card again, then it's a fail. It is a total fail. So we'll see how it goes. And other than that, I mean that's that's the only thing I can think about it. That's the only thing I can say is, look, whether you believed your team was going to get Hulu or not, it didn't happen. And now, buckle up. We are closer to the NFL season now than we ever were before. So it's about to get exciting, and I cannot wait. And that'll do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank everybody for the wonderful love and support. It is a new week. And I am so excited to bring you this content every single day, Monday through Friday. I cannot wait to I cannot wait to talk to you guys all this week. And as we mentioned, we have the NFL uh, fantasy football on the All Sports Talk page coming up here pretty soon. We're gonna announce it here pretty soon. I'm just working out the final kinks and details on how we're gonna do this. And other than that, I want all of you guys to have a wonderful day, have a wonderful week. And thank you again. I know there's only 24 hours in a day, but for you guys to take 30 minutes of your day to listen to my show, I truly appreciate that. So thank you all again, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.